0: Hi Church, um, got my proud Panthers shirt on today and I want to wish the Panthers off the bat good luck for their grand final. Um, I'm going to share a little bit about something I saw about one of the Panthers players right in the end. Uh, I thought it's a really cool antidote and it's pretty relevant, you know, Penrith being in the grand final. I'm sorry if you're not a football fanatic like I am, but I'm very passionate about the Penrith team uh i love how a lot of the players are, are christians and and faithful to god um in their relationship with him and i hope they do really well uh in their grand final so i'm going to put on my um scarf with pride and all those who are cheering on the panthers um i hope you enjoy the the grand final game but we're here to talk about um this guy called haggai Now, Haggai is a a prophet, and we're continuing on the series that we've been looking at, Ancient Words from Modern Day. And there's actually not a lot about Haggai that I can tell you. Uh, I really love this quote from my Bible. It's from uh, a guy called Robert L. Alvin. And he says, Haggai has a unique place among the prophets of having been really listened to and his words obeyed. And I thought that's a really cool accolade to have as a prophet that you actually heard and listened to. And we know as we're going to read about soon that he was a real encourager as well, Haggai. Uh, Ezra, uh, a little bit further back in the Old Testament, gives a shout out to Haggai. And basically says that he really encouraged the elders uh, in that time period that he, he shared his message And that was around uh, 520 BC. To be precise, it was between August and December of that year. So 520 BC. And we know that King Darius I, he was king at that time. Now, so we know a little bit about Haggai, not too much. We don't know his favorite book or we don't know necessarily um, his hobbies or or anything who he was related to. But we know he's a prophet. We know he spoke on behalf of God and he was he listened to and he was encouraged. He was an encourager. But what did he have to say? I think we need to look at the history of what's going on, as we have been for the last few weeks of the history of Israel. Now, this is my third message in this series. And I remember the first time I shared the northern kingdom up the top. They were really struggling. But the southern kingdom, they are doing okay. In my second message, I shared about the southern kingdom. They were really struggling and about to be taken over. And the all the kingdom, they were taken over already. Now in my third message, we've got to the stage, right, where both kingdoms are taken over by Babylon. Uh, they're being taken away from Judah, Jerusalem, basically taken in um, as slaves. And... And in this particular period, now that where Haggai is um, sharing his message, his book, uh, he's basically in the two chapters that that we get to read of of his work, is that the Persians are now in control. So the Persians have taken over Babylon. And um, 20 years uh, before Haggai, uh, this happens roughly about 20 years before Haggai, Uh, Cyprus says uh, to the the Jewish people the Israelite people you guys can go you have freedom to go back to your homeland and in dribs and drabs they do that and 20 years before Haggai they start to uh, rebuild their homes they start to uh, rebuild the altar and they kind of get to the church uh, building the temple But they kind of stopped. And that's through outside influences, um, people living in the area, stuff like that. It just stopped. For 20 years, it was just almost uh, a foundation block and that was about it. Then we pick it up where Haggai basically is is now saying to to the Israelites, the people that are uh, now living in Judah, Jerusalem, back in that southern kingdom. Basically saying to you guys, time to wake up. It is time to rebuild. It is time to uh, honor God. And in the in the book, it basically sums up four little mini sermons. And if he delivered the sermons, it would take five minutes. And and I'm, I'm sure you're hoping that oh, I wish this was a five minute sermon. And it's just a tad longer. But in the four little sermons what I've done is I've just given you a very quick summary of what Haggai is saying to the Israelites in this time so we know what we're at the foundation blocks there Um, there's they're kind of building their houses but they're not focusing on the on the temple and their focus now becomes almost back onto themselves they're becoming selfish Again, it's something they're very good at, the Israelites. There's something that they're kind of in the habit of doing is turning away from God. They've got this freedom, and yet, for for whatever reason, they've gone back into their selfish ways. So, Sermon 1, Haggai is saying to the Israelites, put God first. Plain and simple, I can't put it any more basic than that, is to put God first, because they were putting themselves first, and that's why he had to say it. Listen, guys, you need to put God first. The second little sermon he says, uh, summarized is, God is always available. Now, that's how how I've summed it up. God is always available. And I thought that's really unique, because in Haggai, he reminds them that he was there for, for Moses, he was there for... For, for, for Joshua He was there for you people He hasn't left He's still there for you uh, In sermon number three Haggai lets them know that You need to live holy lives You need to play that out It needs to be in action And the fourth sermon he says uh, Is summarised with Obedience to divinely appointed leadership uh, There's some leaders that were involved uh, in place, and Haggai is saying and encouraging those leaders and those elders. You have been put in place by God, but He's also saying to the Israelites, "Listen, you guys need to obey and listen and, and, and put your faith in these leaders because they've been ordained by God." And so that's kind of sums up really quickly what Haggai's saying. Now, if you want to sort of the future hope for for the Israelites, future hopeful for for Haggai and I guess the rest of Israel. This is a, it reminds me of a marathon race, right? And these guys have struggled, they've struggled, they've struggled, they've struggled. And then at a certain point, they can see the finish line. And if you can see the finish line after struggling and struggling and eventually see the finish line, you kind of get that burst of energy that little excitement, the little encouragement to keep on going. That's where um, they're at in Haggai's book, the Israelites. There is a glimmer of hope. And basically what Haggai is saying to you guys, listen, it is time to rebuild the temple. It is time to re-establish God in this place. Basically, what he's saying is when we build this temple, hopefully we can then uh, rebuild what's going on in here. So he's saying to them, listen, if we can put God first and build this temple, not just fraught together, but seriously make this uh, a beautiful, sacred space that reminds us of God and where we can worship and remind us of the, the covenant that we have with God. Hopefully that is a reflection of what's going on inside. If you're putting time and energy into building God's temple, hopefully you're putting time and energy into building God's temple as human beings. So you see there's a rebuilding, there's a re-establishment with God's people physically as in the temple, but spiritually and mentally and, and physically with the humans, the relationship with the human beings. So that's really, really cool. There's another really cool thing that kind of gives us future hope, and this is a quick summary: that God can, God's continuing presence and help is a promise. It's a promise. Let me say that again: God's continuing presence and help is a promise. God promises that He will be there. God promises He will be our help, our refuge, and. That's what the Israelites at this time and that's what we can take on for ourselves now is that we know that we have this hope in, in God. He's always there. In some ways, too, this is like a, a massive uh, a wake up call. This is uh, like an alarm going off in the morning, waking you out of your sleep to get up and go to work or for my to get up and go to work. No, I normally hit snooze. And I try to ignore it, but I can't keep ignoring it because I've got to get up and go to work. This is an alarm bell going off for the Israelites. Hey, remember, you've got to go to work. You've got to put into practice what's going on in your heart. And that means for them at this particular time, let's put all our time and energy into building God's temple. Rather than putting all our time and energy in ourselves and making our houses look beautiful and worrying about ourselves and I think that's something that we can all grab hold of in the world that we live in is very selfish and it's a, it's a message for us today as much as it was for the Israelites back then I want to finish with a Pan of Panther story if I may one of my favourite plays is Brian tottle some of you guys were like yes I know who that is others may not even know Brian Tottle is a, is a Christian player, he plays for Penrith Panthers, he plays on the wing, he played for New South Wales this year, did really, really well. Probably one of the most favourite players that are going around uh, this season. Anyway, a friend of mine showed me a clip of him during the week, and they had like an open training session. And uh, Brian is he's, he's, he's a funny character, but he's quite he's a humble guy. Uh, one of the beautiful things I love about him is when the Penrith Panthers finish the game, he normally grabs the guys together and they do a, a huddle prayer. Go down on one knee and they pray. And he normally leads the prayer, which is it's an, a powerful thing if you ever see it on, on TV. And they might even do it on, on the weekend. Win or lose, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll do that. But anyway, in this clip I saw um, during the week, He's walking away from this open training session, you know, where fans can come and watch them. And he's got no shirt on, no shoes. I think he's got a, he's got an ankle brace because he's really struggling with an ankle injury, and a pair of shorts. And there's another player that's kind of arm around him, you know, kind of supporting him. And the and the caption says that Brian's just given all his all his uh, shirt, boots, socks, whatever, to the fans and he's basically walking away in a pair of shorts and an ankle brace cuz he couldn't really give that away. And I thought, wow, that is a character of who this guy is, you know? He's so generous and I guess supportive and encouraged by the supporters that he gives away his stuff. And that's what God's wanting here for the Israelites, and I'm sure that's what God's wanting for us is to give everything. To give everything, to be obedient and to give everything to the relationship that we have with God, and it's such a beautiful image. And I think it was an image because I'm thinking about Haggai and I'm thinking about the Penrith Panthers winning on the on the grand final. But I just felt like it really matched about what God's saying to us as Penrith Baptist Church is to is to give out the shirts off our back to to give it everything for for the Lord and for our relationship with Him. Um. And hopefully that's been an encouragement to you. So let us pray and um, we'll move on with the rest of our service. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love. We say thank you, Lord, for always being there for us, for loving us. And we thank you openly for Christ, who is our our saviour and our Lord. And Lord, as we uh, move forward with our lives, as we... Uh, progress through the stages of this week. Lord, strongly encourage us and motivate us to, to give everything for our relationship. To not be selfish in our relationship with you, Lord, but to to seek you first. Father God, we thank you for your, uh, your, your constant presence. We thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, we thank you for... Um, your eternal love that overflows. Lord, we thank you for family and friends that bring encouragement. And Lord, we thank you that we can uh, just delight in your word that brings us encouragement uh, even in the toughest times. Lord, thank you um, for for today and thank you for um, the opportunity to meet in, in this way. And I pray that, The message today was an encouragement to all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.